Well, we're in a series, uh, we're going to finish up a series today called Favor, Believing for the Best, the Favor of God, uh, based on Psalm 9017, where we just pray and thank God for the favor that he has upon us. But I want to, uh, a little bit this morning, talk a little bit about the kingdom of God to kind of set up what I'm going to talk about today, uh, the favor anointing. How many, knows that you, how many know that you are anointed for favor? You are anointed for favor, and we'll talk about that. What is favor? What are we talking about? Favor is aligning our life with God's blessing, his grace, favor that positions us for increased influence, supernatural turnarounds, limitations broken, come on, dreams awakened, missed opportunities redeemed, and wide open new doors of divine possibilities. And we have declared, you know, when Jesus got up in the synagogue that day and took the scroll, unrolled it, he read, and he read about himself out of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach to the poor and to the captives, freedom to them. And so we're just proclaiming that this is the year of God's favor. We are believing and declaring this year to be a year of favor, divine possibilities. Come on, things you couldn't do on your own. Divine possibilities. We're talking about awesome God moments. Life-changing turnarounds. And God's time to favor me and everyone around me. That's what we're talking about when we talk about God's favor. We're talking about the fact that you are anointed for God's favor. You are anointed for God's favor. This word anointed and anointing, I know for those of us who have been in church, uh, around church for a long period of time or all our lives. And I don't mean just those who have gone to church, but I mean those who, you know, like me, have, you know, uh, gone to church on Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday for rehearsal, Friday night for prayer, you know, and then Saturday for the bake sale. And then Sunday, of course, you were there all day long. You went to concerts and gospel fests and scenes and all of these type of things. And you hear this word anointing a lot. And for those of us who have been around church for a long time, I think sometimes we get kind of jaded a little bit. Uh, and and uh, this, this word anointing becomes commonplace. And you hear somebody sing. If somebody were to come up here and sing this morning, you know, and they just sing really well and they really belt it out and it just moves you, you would be, uh, you know, you, you would be led to say, boy, that person sure is anointed. You know, you just feel like they're anointed. Why? Because we base everything uh, off of feelings and our emotion. We do. And uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, we really enjoyed them singing. We enjoyed that person preaching or whatever it was. Um, But we need to understand what anointing really is. Anointing is not emotion at all. It's not something that moves you emotionally. What I like to say is this. Uh, A lot of people have different definitions for anointing. I look at anointing as simply this, the purpose of God working through, by, and in the Holy Spirit, in and through you. In other words, it's just the purpose of God working by the Holy Spirit through you. So if you're anointed, that means that the purpose of God is working by his Spirit through you. Simple as that. You're anointed. And I want to tell you this morning that I don't want to talk about being anointed to sing or anointed to preach or anointed to do this or that. You are anointed for favor. 
And you need to come on now. You need to believe that this morning. You are anointed for favor. You know, one of the things I think when we hear this word favor, this is our last message on it today. So I really I hope I want you to get this in your spirit this morning. We hear this word favor. Sometimes what happens is it's it's uh, it's it goes against what we know naturally to be to just walk in favor. Remember, I'm not talking about someone doing you a favor. We're not talking about God doing us a favor, a one-time, a one-off type of thing. Bless me, help me to pay this bill, Lord, because, uh, you know, the bill is behind and he sends a, a, some money and it's a miracle and there's a one-time. That's, that's a favor. What I'm talking about is walking in the favor of the Lord that you are anointed for. I'm talking about walking in authority. Now, I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to spoil it too much because... Uh, when when Jody starts her anger management class in September, we're also going to have a class in here on the kingdom of God. And so don't worry if it's hard to choose, uh, you know, choose anger management because we'll do the kingdom again. You know, Jody's a lot better than I am anyway, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do both of those classes again. So if you can't choose between the two, but we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. So I don't want to spoil that class a little bit, but I do need to just touch on it a little bit in order to understand what we're talking about when we're talking about you're anointed for favor. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Bible says this, it says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What did Jesus come preaching? He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Everybody wanted to know what this thing is that he's talking about. It's very clear that Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. See, what happens is when we hear uh, the gospel, we think of a certain thing. You hear the gospel and you think of, well, uh, you've got to get saved. You know, Jesus died on the cross. You must confess him as your Lord and Savior. And that's all that's preached. And thank God for that, because without that, you don't get the rest of it. Okay, you don't get the rest of it unless you're in the kingdom of God. But what the Lord wants you to know this morning is that there's so much more to the gospel than just getting saved. And I'm not belittling it. I'm just telling you, if getting saved is a huge deal, imagine how much more the rest of it is. Come on. Come on, if dying on the cross was a huge deal, and it was, and none of us have done it, and I doubt if any of us will do it. If we can avoid it, come on. That's a huge deal. Imagine how much the rest of this thing is. It said Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He was talking about the kingdom. In verse 15, now look at it, it says, And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Come on. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel of what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. He didn't say just believe in me, just believe in the cross. You have to believe in that. But he's, he, you got to do the whole, how many know that God is a whole package deal? Come on. God is not just a partial God where he wants part of you. He wants the whole package. Therefore, he didn't come just and only preaching the cross. He preached the whole package beginning with the cross. The cross was the catalyst for all the rest of it. 
Come on, am I talking to the right people this morning that want to understand the gospel of the kingdom? And see, what happens is we walk around today in this democracy, and even if you're from another country, there's probably some other type of, of world system that goes on in there, and that's what we're used to. And so when we're presented with this notion and this idea of the kingdom of God and walking in kingdom ways, it's very foreign to us because it goes against everything that's in our fabric. It's a whole different way of doing things. And we want to approach it uh, democratically and what how we're used to. But what we got to understand is the kingdom of God is a whole separate deal. It's a separate thing. See, in the kingdom of God, no voting. Come on. No executive branch, legislative branch, judicial branch. No, uh, there won't be any vetoing because nothing's coming back to get vetoed. You know, once it's said, that's it. It's over. It's done. See, the kingdom of God, now listen, I, I might, listen, keep your ears open and, and, and just have, have perspective here as I go through this, okay? Because I know, I know who I'm talking to this morning. I'm talking to some Americans this morning, just like me. And so we're used to things a certain way. But let me finish what I'm saying before you judge, okay? The kingdom of God, what this is often referred to is, as a, is a, is a commonwealth, okay? If you've ever heard that word, it means just what it says, common wealth. It means so everybody has the opportunity uh, by what the, by the government's resources of this kingdom, everybody has the opportunity to have all of their needs met and more. In fact, it's not just about needs met, it's about abundance in the kingdom of God. Everybody can flow in abundance in the commonwealth. Now see, if you look at that through the eyes of our country and other countries and democracy, it, it kind of gets you a little bit. But I'm not talking about the way we... Just get that out of your mind. I'm not talking, because I see people, I'm not talking about welfare and the, our country and our system. Forget that. Just for one moment, for just a, the next few minutes, have a different perspective. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Don't relate it through democracy and, uh, you know, the American system, okay? Put that aside just for a moment. Because in the kingdom, there is one king. Everybody has the opportunity. Doesn't mean you shouldn't work. Now, that's not what it means now. Come on. And there is no welfare and all of that. Just put all of that, because we try to relate it like that when I say this. Don't relate it that way. But everybody in this system, in this kingdom, has the opportunity to have their needs met, to be healthy, to walk in divine health. Come on. To overcome everything. And, and the thing is not about how hard you work, but it's about what you believe. It's about your obedience. That's what it's about in the kingdom of God. And that's what we have to realize. If you're going to walk in this favor anointing, you have to understand that's about one thing and one thing only. You don't have to do all these things and, you know, uh, uh, come up with all of these ways to do stuff and get in good with the king. And I got to step on people to get up the corporate ladder. No, Jesus said, only believe. Only believe. Simply do what I tell you to do and you'll have obey and you'll have all of these things because in my presence is the fullness of joy, God says. At my right hand, there are pleasures evermore. I have blessed you, the Lord says this morning, with every spiritual blessing, come on, in heavenly places. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this favor anointing. So how do we apply that? How do we know that that's for us right now, here at this time? It's because, see, you, we are blessed, folks, 
simply because way back God blessed Abraham, our father Abraham. Come on. Listen to this. Listen to Hebrews 6. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Come on. said, Surely blessing, I will bless you. In other words, while I'm blessing, I'll bless you. My blessings are flowing out, so surely blessing, I'll bless you. You'll fall right in that. Surely blessing, I will bless you and multiply. Remember, God is a God of abundance. God is not a God of addition. I know that in Acts it says God added to the church, but if you really look at it, he really multiplied some things. Come on, because 3,000 people, that's multiplication. All right? He says, multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after that, he patiently endured the promise. Now look at Galatians 3. Says this, therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham, remember, blessing, surely blessing I will bless you, he told Abraham. Surely multiplying I will multiply you, he told Abraham. We got that established. And he says, uh, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith, come on, are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, by the way, that's you and me, by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all nations, are you part of all nations this morning? All nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of the faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Jesus said only believe. If you simply believe, then you are what? You're blessed because of the covenant with your father Abraham. God has promised blessing unto those who are of Abraham. And those who are of Abraham are those who are of the faith. Come on. Now. This thing we're talking about, the kingdom of God, over in Philippians 3, it, it talks about your citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, this thing, and this thing right here, is your constitution. I, I know how we are as Americans. We, you know, nothing is above the constitution, and I believe that. I mean, listen, I was in the service. Uh, I believe in the pledges of allegiance under God. Come on. Indivisible, Right. And so, as much as I believe in that, I know that this is even a higher constitution. Come on. This is your constitution, saints. Now listen, this, anybody can get anything out of this, all right? But really, and I don't want to step on your toes, really this, though, is for the constitution for those who are the citizens of the kingdom of God. Come on. Are you a citizen this morning? Now, this is the thing. You can't back into it. You can't buy your way into the kingdom. You know, you can't sneak and be behind someone else. When they get in, you get in too. You know, uh, you, you can't do that. There's only one way in. Pastor Dietrich talked about it this morning. Uh, simply acknowledging that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. You have to confess it with your mouth. You say, well, God knows my thoughts. Yeah, he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. But he said, confess it with your mouth. Well, I'm basically a good person. Uh, that should satisfy God. It doesn't. 
There's not enough goodness in any of us. In fact, Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, said, in me there is no good thing. Come on. So there's no backing into the thing. But once you are in, once you are in, now you are a citizen with the Constitution. Come on. You have a bill of rights that says you are justified. It says there is an atonement for you. And you can now go into the presence of the king because the veil is now rent, is ripped in half, and you can go right into his presence. You don't have to go to a priest to confess your sins. Come on. Now look, if we're going to tell truth, we're going to tell truth. I'm not, no, I'm not trying to offend. I'm just want to tell you the truth though. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to do, say 27 different types of prayers. You go right in boldly to the throne. Humbly, boldly. Okay, humbly but boldly to the throne. You can go right into him. And God wants you to know that in his presence, fullness, fullness, fullness of joy. He's saying, come on in. You know what I think trips us up is, is the fact that it, in our mind, because of the way we're programmed, because of the way that we've been brought up, because of our environment, because of our experiences, it's, it's difficult sometimes to really grab hold of this thing that you are favored. You are favored. Even, even if you've done some things wrong. Now, personally, I'd like to see somebody who's never done some things wrong. But even if you've done some things wrong in life, God is saying, listen, you have an advocate with me. God is telling you that. One who died on the cross. And that blood that he shed was sufficient for all of your sin, all of your sickness, all of your disease, all of your hang-ups. Come on. All of your roadblocks, anything that would cause you to stumble, that blood that was shed on the cross is sufficient for all of it. Not only things that you've done in the past, not only things that you've done or you will do today, but anything in the future. Now, you know it's not a license to sin. Come on. You know that. But it's already covered, should you? That'd blow your mind right there. It's something to say, should I sin? All I have to do is repent. Now, that's something to know that ahead of time. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, knowing that ahead of time, really uh, averts me from sinning. Because to know that I have a God that is that good, then why would I sin? Especially when he has everything in the kingdom that I would ever want and ever need. But see, what happens is, and boy, I'm getting over into this thing now, so you hear this again if you come to the class. I can't help it. But, but what happens is, uh, because of, 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 of just what's in us and what's in our fabric, see, we want to we vote on something. See, so even when you hear this word, you know, you say, well, yeah, the word is true. Let me look at it a different way. I just want to, because I'm not really sure if that's the way. No, listen, what he says is what he says. Even if you look it up in the Greek, it's still what he said. I don't care. You want to go to the Old Testament? Look it up in the Hebrew. You're still blessed. I don't care how you look at it. However you look at it, however you study it out, you're still blessed. Come on. By this covenant that God made with Abraham and with you. And I'm just trying to drill it in your minds this morning that you are walking in the kingdom of God and you are highly favored. Now, Romans, Paul told the Romans, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But it doesn't mean don't think of yourself highly. 
Because if you have God in you, he has set you in heavenly places. But you know it's not you. I know, see, it's like, what? Well, you know, it's on this side and that side. I'm supposed to think of myself highly, but I'm also supposed to be humble. You can do that. You can do it. Because you know it's not you that put yourself in that position. But as long as I surrender all, all, all to God, he will promote me. He will set me up in heavenly places. See, I don't have to say anything, but God will do it. And there is a favor anointing on you this morning. This is the year of favor for you, and you can walk in it. Remember, I'm talking about not just asking for a favor. Stop praying and asking God for a favor. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because he's talking to me. Stop praying to God and just asking him for a favor, but start praying and thanking God for the favor that you're walking in. Come on, the favor that he is giving you, the blessings, the grace that he has poured upon you. Start thanking him for it like Brother Jeff. When he went to the hospital, he was already thanking the Lord. Come on, for the favor that God has. The enemy can come in, but like a flood, God will raise that standard. Come on. Now, there are 10 favor anointings I want to let you know that you have this morning. And hopefully see if one of these fits you. You might just want to jot these down. I won't spend too much time on them because there's one other brief thing I just want to get to you. There's 10 favor anointings. Number one is the freedom anointing. You need to understand that you are free. Listen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. And the spirit of the Lord dwells in the kingdom of God. And guess where the kingdom of God is? It's in you. The kingdom of God is in you. It's not meat nor drink. Come on, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, and the kingdom of God is within you. So wherever you are, you have the kingdom with you. Come on. So it doesn't matter about the world system. It doesn't matter about anything that's going on around you, but when I show up, not because of my flesh, but because the kingdom of God is in me, things change. Favor starts to happen. Doors begin to open. Things that weren't there are there now. Come on, for my business, for me in the marketplace, favor with my boss, come on, favor with the bill collectors, shouldn't even be in any situations like that, that's, where, that's called walking in favor, don't get in that situation, but we have a freedom anointing, we're free, we're not tied to any one thing, except Jesus Christ, Paul said I am a slave to Christ and that's it, nothing else will trip me up, no sin, no food. Come on. Now I'm talking real this morning. No drink. No TV program. No person. Relationship. Come on. Nothing will trip me up. Why? Because I'm free. I have a freedom anointing. You also have a healing anointing. Come on. Let's talk about it. You have a healing anointing. James 5 4 and 15, is there anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. You are anointed in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You'll be healed and forgiven. All in the same prayer, all in the same laying on of hands. And if you really start walking in the favor of God, now, if you really just want to walk in the favor of God, then you'll read over in Peter where it says, by his stripes, you were healed. 
And now you don't even need to call for the elders because now you can just call on the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for my healing. I know what I feel. I know the pain, but I'm not going to dwell on the pain. My focus is on my healing. And I thank you, Lord, for being healed. You are anointed to be healed this morning, saints. Do you realize that? Not just that God wants to heal you or will heal you. You are anointed for healing. You're anointed for us, for it. And I know the devil will come at you with all sorts of things. One of the things he comes at us with is, is, comes at us with is healing and disease. You know, that's one of the big things he comes at us with. Right after relationship problems. Come on. He comes at us with that. But you are anointed to be healed. Here's something. You are, you have a promotion anointing. Well, I just don't know if that's me because I didn't go to school. You know, Sue, she went to school. She's got that degree. And, uh, but I just, I've been working here 20 years and I really don't know if she's smarter than I am. So I don't really know I could be promoted. Guess what? You have an anointing to be promoted. Remember what anointing is? It's the purpose of God working by the Holy Spirit through you. God wants to work his purpose. Who's going to, is a college degree going to stop him from working his purpose? I'm not saying it's not good to get, hey, we're in a college town. I got a degree late in life. Come on. But listen, you don't have to think of yourself less than someone else just because of something in the physical. You have a promotions anointing. You are anointed to be promoted. So start thinking that way. Change your mind. Say, yeah, I can do this. I need to put the work in. I mean, I need to get the knowledge. Whatever it is I need to do, I can do it. I can pass the test. I like to say this. If, if one man can do it, another man can do it. Come on. That's just the way I think. You also have a warfare anointing. Here's what I mean when I say that. A lot of us sometimes just get depressed, discouraged. We get beat up, beat down beat up again and then beat back down. But you have an anointing for warfare. You have an anointing to speak the word of God and it come true. And see, that's the way we look at it, but the fact of the matter is it's already true. So when you speak it, it's true. Right. We just see the manifestation of it. You are anointed to speak God's word and things happen. But it has to be God's word now. Don't be speaking your own word. You're going to be like a hamster in a wheel. But you are anointed to speak the word of God. How can you speak the word of God? First, know it. That means you got to read it every once in a while. Every day. Come on. See what it says. Understand it. And when you pray, pray word. Pray scripture. Come on. When the enemy comes against you, know a scripture to come right back at him. Because a scripture is the sword. And I was I was telling my wife this morning that the Lord was showing me that you know there's a there's an old song that I absolutely love to sing and uh, well I can't sing very well but I love to hear it and uh, but it's an old song called I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord I love that song don't you love that song I love it and it's absolutely theologically incorrect unfortunately you know but I'll sing it but that's okay it's all right it's all right listen you know we, we know it better we just singing what we but, and it's it, nothing bad. I mean, it's not some sort of rebuke, but God just showed me something. He showed me that, listen, in the kingdom, you know, we think that we're the soldiers, but we're really not the soldiers. You see, in the kingdom, there's a host. There's a host that God has, a host of heavenly angels. They're the soldiers. You are kings and priests. 
We're kings and priests. Come on, isn't that something? That's what you are. And what you do, how you fight your warfare, is you speak God's word. You submit to God. Come on, and you speak his word. That's how we battle. When that word goes out, that host goes into effect. Come on. When that word goes out, that host. Come on. Soldier in the army of the Lord. And you have a warfare anointing. You can do that. Just speak the word. I'm going through these. You have a refreshing anointing. Come on, that's when you're down. When I was talking about you're down and you're beat up, you can be refreshed. You can get up. Get up out of that thing. Be like the prodigal son. Come to yourself. Say, look, I know I know I'm in this situation, but guess what? I'm changed. First thing's got to change is your heart and your attitude. And then you can step up on out of it. Come on, God will bring you out of it. If you simply put him first. You have a ready for action anointing. Come on, you're ready. Stop being so tired. What's what's the one scripture? Uh, he those that uh those those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on. He will bless those if they do not faint. What's the one if they don't faint? They'll run and not be weary. Come on, they should what? Walk and not what? Don't faint. Come on. Come on now. Don't faint. Put the next one up there, Nia. Don't faint. Why? Because you have a, you have, keep going. One more. You have a ready for action anointing. I just had to see it. You're ready for action. Don't faint. Get up. You can do it. Come on. I was telling my son the other day, playing basketball. I told this story again. He started playing basketball again. I told him, I said, Mike, he's just, he's one of these people and he has such a sweet heart and a sweet spirit, you know, pastor. And he, he's out there playing. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. You know, I, oh, okay, you can have the ball. I said, no, that's not how you play basketball. Man, you got to go out there and get the ball. And not, you're not trying to hurt him. It's just healthy competition. You know, I told him, I said, come on, you got a ready for action anointing. Yeah, he changed, man. He had 10 rebounds and 16 points. Yeah. I said, come on, Michael, you can do it. He said, well, I felt a little bad. I said, why? You're the man. Go out there. After you knock him down, just say, hey, sorry, you okay? All right. Come on, you'll be all right. <laughs> Come on, you're ready for action. You have an empower anointing. Not only for you to be empowered, but you can empower others by the words you speak. By the words you speak, you can, you can empower others so much. Also, you have an overflowing joy anointing. You do. What do I mean by that? That means that there's an old song that said, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. I know many of you don't know it. it was, it's an old R&B classic. So almost leveled to the ground. You know, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. Almost leveled to the ground. One day I feel good, one day I don't feel so good. I want to tell you this morning, that's in your natural state. God has given you anointing to always walk in an overflow, overflowing joy anointing. You can always do that. Now, I'm not, this is, you know, this is obviously the Lord, but I had my mid-year review the other day, and I know it's already August, but my boss is behind. So we had our mid-year review, and so, you know, got called into the boss's office, and he said, yeah, sit down with Michael, and I said, well, I don't have my crying towel, so I don't know what, you know, is going to go on today. And uh, he said, no, and he gave, you know, gave the review, and he said, one of the things that I've always noticed, this is a new boss, 
uh, just this year, said, he says, it seems like you're always happy and you're always smiling. And, you know, even if things are going on, because we had situations where the Colts have their preseason game coming on, they're trying to get fiber optic cable there and stuff is messing all up and it's not working and the game is next week. And oh, my God, what are we going to do, you know? And, uh, you know, chicken little type of thing. And, you know, I said, well, it'll be all right. They're going to play the game. And if you can't use your cell phone, you just can't use it. And he said, boy, I wish I had that same attitude, you know, that you just, you're always smiling. And I, and I said, you know, it's not me. I said, you know, it's the Lord. Because I, I tell you, my flesh doesn't want to do that. You know, when I'm on the phone with some people and they say some things, come on, let's be realistic. That's right. That's right. You want to say some things back. People shoot you that email. You ever done that? You guys done that with the email? Shoot you the email? Oh. Just wait. <laughs> better let Pastor Phil read. Better let Sister Beverly. Sister Beverly, you better read this email. She said, no, Pastor Mike, that's not. Don't send, <laughs> that's right. Don't send it. Don't send it. Oh, I just want them to know. <laughs> you know. But you have an overflow of joy anointing. Listen to this one. You have a double door anointing. Now you say, what in the world is he talking about double door? This is what I'm talking about. God's not just going to open doors for you. He's going to open double doors. Come on. Yeah, that's right. I'm going in wide. The door's way open. I'm going all the way through. Come on. Some of us need double doors. But, but I'm telling you, we can go through a double door. God just doesn't open doors, but he blasts the door open. That's what he'll do. Which leads me to the last one, a breaker anointing. Come on, God has an anointing on you that can break habits. Come on, habits that we've had for years, we can break that thing. People in your family you've been trying to talk to and talk to about the Lord, and they, they just won't get it into their thick head, you know? And uh, you can break through that thing. Why? Because you have the breaker anointing. These anointings are on you. Now, I just want to finish up with this. Why do we believe all this? There's, and there's, ton, there's a ton more I could have just wrote down that just come to you. You, you can too. That all goes under this favor anointing. You are anointed to walk and be on top. Okay? Why do we believe all this? Why is this? It's simply because of this. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Why in heavenly places? Because that's where your citizenship is. Philippians 3.20 tells you you are a citizen. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. See, us getting our needs met is not hard. It's hard trying to live democratically in a sovereign government. That's what's hard. That's why we can't understand it. Getting your needs met is not hard. We make it hard and we think it's hard. But what's hard is living democratically, trying to vote on things, trying to reason things out based on what we've seen in the world in a sovereign government. You can't do it. You can't do it. can't live that way in a sovereign government. See, Jesus came, that's why Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Preaching the kingdom of God. And see, this thing really hasn't been preached as much. The last thing is turn to Psalm 91 if you have your Bible. We'll, we'll put this up here too. But I just want to tell you this. this, this hasn't been, I'll tell you what's been preached is, what's been preached is, well, Baptist, Episcopalian, Methodist, come on, Catholicism, whatever, apostolic. That's what's been preached. 
Why? Because that's what our doctrine is. That's your doctrine. There is no other doctrine, only the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And if we get that through our thick head, come on, we'd be walking in the kingdom of God. Now just look at this. Let's finish up with this. Look at Psalm 91. Look at verse 7. It says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. That means God is going to send you out like sheep among wolves, but not one wolf is going to touch you. Come on. That's what he's saying. Not one of them. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling no evil it didn't say some evil no evil shall befall you that's the Bible I'm not making it up I'm not telling you based on what I think the Bible says I'm reading the scripture to you it says, no evil shall befall you, not even some. See, we have to realize because back in Acts 16, it says, not only will he save you, but he'll save your whole household. That means your kids will be safe out there. They won't go out there and get shot. Come on, if you put this word of God in them. Why? Because that heavenly host, that army is out there protecting them. See, angels can make it so that the gun don't even fire. Come on. Situation, now he'll, he'll change someone's heart. Come on. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. If one of them angels can't keep you, folks, then you can't be kept. Come on. You can have a hundred thousand man army, natural army, uh, trying to protect you, and they can't protect you as well as one angel can. Come on. Come on. Angels can keep you, and God's promising it to you. Verse 12, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Now these last few verses, I'm going to read it this way. It says, because I, listen now, because I have set my love upon him. Come on now. He will deliver me. This is, as we read these last few verses, we're just about done. You need to have your perspective this way. Think about it as you, because a lot of times we don't personalize it. That's why it's hard for us to get this. It's, oh, it's for the church, or that's for, you know, so-and-so. No, this is for you. Come on, this is you, and this is me. God is talking to you. Because I have set my love upon him, therefore he will deliver me. Come on, he will set me on high, because I have known his name. I shall call upon him and he will answer me and he will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me and with long life he will satisfy me and he will show me his salvation. Come on somebody. Come on and the enemy is a deceiver. He'll come in and try to tell you all kind of different things. But I'm going to tell you, God always delivers the best. The best. Now, here's how, here's how I'm going to tell you we need to change our mind. The best is not getting sick and then getting healed, where many of us have been, all, all of me included. That's not the best. I told you we're shooting for another thing. We're shooting for another thing this morning, saints. 
And it may be a little uncomfortable, but my wife told me this morning, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Come on. So it's going to be a little uncomfortable. But the best is not being sick and getting healed. The best is never getting sick. Come on. The best is walking in divine health. The best is walking in divine favor, having every need met. Anytime you need something, you got it. Come on. Jesus said, look over there in the fish. There it is. Pay your taxes. Let's keep on moving. We got more important stuff to do. Stop worrying about the money. See, that's what God is trying to tell us. Stop worrying about all these things because who of us by worrying can add one cubit to our stature? Come on. None of us could do that. So he's telling us to stop worrying about those things. God wants us to know that he wants us to walk in favor because we have a favor anointing. Amen. How many believe that this morning?